Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. So far looking at our life of David here, we've seen a couple different lessons. First we saw that God looks at the heart. Remember when the prophet Samuel went to the house of Jesse, looked at all the older sons, especially the eldest son, and said, this is the one, God said no. It was David. God knows what's in our hearts. Samuel had to learn that lesson. And we looked at the battle of David versus Goliath. And we saw that God is with his people when his people are with him. And David knew that, but the people of Israel had forgotten it. And last week we looked at friendship, the friendship of Jonathan and David. We said that was really a true example of friendship. You know, the characteristics that they had are ones that we should try to implement into our friendships as well. They looked out for each other. They cared for each other. They even risked their own lives for each other. They loved each other as they loved themselves. That truly is friendship. This morning our story jumps a a few chapters of chapter 24. And in between there in verses chapter 21, 22, and 23, if you read through those, we see that it's basically just David on the run from Saul. And as David fleeing from Saul, he meets people. He helps people. And people join him. His family joins him. Some friends join him. Some soldiers join him. So David has a little band, has a little group of people following him now. And it keeps growing. And that's where our scripture lesson picks up this morning. Saul is out trying to find David. And he returns by, he gives up, he he returns home to his, his palace. And someone tells him this is where David's at. So David gets word that Saul's coming after him and, and David hides out in a cave. Saul goes into the cave to relieve himself and David has the opportunity to kill the king. But his conscience says no after he cuts into the robe of the king. Think about this for a minute. Put yourself in David's situation. And think about the feelings and the struggles that David must have been going through. David knew he was going to be king. And here is his chance to take the throne. Even beyond that, though, look at it just from a simple life perspective. David is fleeing for his life from this man. And here he has a chance to end it. David has a chance to stop the running for his life. He had a chance to eliminate the person that was out to get him. He had a chance to get even, to put an end to all this. But he didn't do it. His conscience stopped him. Sure, his friends there, his buddies that were with him, they tried to persuade him, saying, this is the day that God had spoken of. God has put Saul into your hands. 
Make your move. Do it. Do it now. Kill him. What a tough decision that would be. And maybe you've been in situations, maybe not uh, you know, as drastic as that where you had to kill someone. But what a tough decision it is. You're in the heat of the moment. You don't have much time for an internal debate about right or wrong. You know, you can't pull out a piece of paper and make a list of things. Okay, should I do it or shouldn't I do it? You don't have time for that. You simply need to act or not. You've got your friends right there saying, do it, do it, do it, come on. But what's your gut say? What does your heart say? What does your conscience say to you? And I'll tell you what, it sure looked like it from reading this. It sure looked like David was supposed to wipe out the king right then and there. It was the perfect opportunity. What did his friends say? And that's the key. His friends said, this is the day God has spoken of. God has put Saul into your hands. And it's funny because when I read scripture, I never hear God saying that to David. You never read that anywhere. Did God ever tell David he was to kill the king? Absolutely not. He certainly said that, David, you will be king. But he didn't say you're going to kill the king to get the throne. And that's the key. That's really the key. Had God told David to kill the king, David wouldn't have hesitated. But God never told him to do that. So David's conscience is in tune with God's will. And it tells him no. And he, in fact, he feels guilt after cutting a piece of the king's robe. And I'm not sure what it was, but it was probably the, the, the little hem, the hem on it, the end piece. Um, they say that's uh, where the honor and, and the glory and the power came from. Uh, and that's what, even if you go to the story of, uh, of uh, the woman with the, the flow of blood that just wanted to touch the hem of Christ's garment and she would be healed, that's the same kind of idea. He went and David cut the hem of the robe. But he stopped. He couldn't do it. See, David knew that Saul was given his power to rule from God. And we read that in the New Testament as well. Government is put in charge by God or is allowed to rule because God allows them to rule. And it's up to God to remove Saul from the throne. throne. It's not up to David when he wants to take the throne. It's like, alright, I'm tired of running. I want the throne. It's not up to David. It's up to God. And when you think when you think about our government in that respect, and the governments of the world, we need to keep that in mind that these people were either put in place by God 
or allowed to rule because God allowed them to rule. Whether they were good or bad, God allowed it to happen. You can look at that with our presidents. You can look at that with the world rulers. And one of the debates is the death of Osama bin Laden. First of all, was it legal? Was it justified is one question. And was it right was another question. Well, according to our Constitution, people were innocent until proven guilty. And I don't know that he was ever held for trial. At least Saddam Hussein was when we captured him. He was held for trial. Whether or not he had a fair trial is another story. But he had a trial. And a similar situation could have occurred with, with David here as well. David could have just killed him outright, right then and there, and taken the throne. But what would that have said for David's reign? He got the throne by force. And it wasn't God's plan the way he would have done it. So what kind of message did he send through his subjects? What type of message would he send through his, his, his cabinet? And you know what? Who's to say then that someone wouldn't rise up and do the same to him? David listened to his conscience. As I said, David's friends at the time thought, yeah, this is the time. Make your move. And you know, we often rely on the advice, on the counsel of our friends when making decisions about what we should do. And you know, if we surround ourselves with godly people that are living godly lives, then it's probably pretty good advice. However, we still need to check in with God. What does God want us to do in this particular circumstance or situation? And we must not do anything that will violate our conscience. We must not give in to that peer pressure if our friends or other people around us are saying, do it, do it, do it. Especially when we know the right thing to do. And no doubt we've all given in to peer pressure. It's difficult. We get caught up in the moment. We don't think. We act poorly. But it is amazing how it does affect us. And I think I may have told you this story before, but you know, a friend of mine, her daughter, was five years old, and, and for her birthday last August, she wanted a pillow pet. It's like a little pillow that's in the shape of a pet, an animal. And she got one. She got one for her birthday in August. But at Christmas time, they were writing letters to Santa, and all her friends wrote that they wanted pillow pets. So she put that in her letter too. Even though she didn't want one, she didn't need one, she already had one. She gave in the peer pressure, and she wrote it in her letter to Santa. And when she got home that night, she was crying and screaming because she wrote in her letter to Santa that she wanted a pillow pet, and that's not what she wanted. She gave in to the peer pressure, she went against her conscience for a five-year-old, and it hurt her. And of course, that weekend, Santa was up at the school for breakfast, so her mother took her up there to sit on her, his lap, and she was able to tell Santa what she really wanted, which was an alarm clock, and that's what she got. So Santa came through, and it eased her conscience. 
But for a five-year-old to to pick up on that, to violate, to give in to peer pressure and to pick up on that she violated her conscience at five years old, that's something. That is something. And I know that's a, a very trivial example, but it makes the point clear. Whenever we violate our conscience, when we do something that we know isn't right, it hurts. It should haunt us. In fact, it should make you sad. And some people become depressed, miserable, and so on, because they can't get over what they've done. We cannot violate our conscience. We cannot shut it down. We cannot close the door. David loved, trusted, respected, and obeyed God. God never told him to kill Saul. So he knew it was not right to kill God's anointed king. The guilt of just cutting the robe was too much for him to bear. And after, at the end of chapter 24 here, David emerges from the cave and confesses to Saul what he did. You know, confession is not something that we're very good at these days. You know, when I when I tell people how to pray, you know, start off by thanking God, praising Him for something, asking Him for something, and asking Him to help someone else, and then confess to Him that you're sorry for some of the things that you've done, and ask Him for the strength to get over it and not to do that again. And this is what David does. His conscience is eating him alive in those, you know, five minutes, whatever it is. He cut off that, that little piece of the robe. And he comes out of the cave and confesses to Saul what he has done. He held up the, the little piece of cloth and he showed Saul that I could have killed you, but I didn't. See, David's not out to get Saul, even though Saul was out to get David. David simply kind of says, King, why are you after me? I'm not trying to attack you. Why are you attacking me? Think about this for yourself. Think about it rationally. Let God be your guide and God will be the judge. He'll show you that I'm not out to get you. And actually, if you read the account here at the end of chapter 24, Saul's reaction was was pretty humble. We know that Saul was tormented by evil spirits, but Saul confessed that David is more righteous than him. Saul confesses that if you read the scripture. He says, David, I know you're a better man than I am. You're much more righteous. In fact, I even know that you are going to be the next king. Of course, I'm not ready to give up my my crown and my throne just yet, but I know you're next in line. God has placed you there. But that doesn't end the threat on David's life. Sure, Saul goes back to his kingdom for now, but he will continue to attack David. And you know, and sometimes in our lives we, we, we go through stuff. Things happen to us. And, and we just kind of put our head down and it's like, why me? Why me? We've all said that, no doubt. If anybody has a right to say it, 
Surely David does. He didn't do anything wrong to agitate the king. He didn't do anything against the king, but the king is after him, chasing him around the country. David could have said, why me? But when you look back at these events that happened in David's life, or maybe even your own life for that matter, you can see that God's hand is at work. God was with David every step of the way. And throughout all these different events that occur, there's a lesson that David needed to learn. The same is true for us today as well. We all go through struggles in our life, and there's always a lesson to learn. Sometimes the lesson is discipline, for sure. Other times the lesson helps us mature into the people that God wants us to be. (coughs) And David's lesson for today was more of a test to see whether or not he would listen to his conscience. And he did. He passed the test. Later on, no doubt he closed his conscience up, especially with Bathsheba. He was not listening to his conscience. He was not listening to what God had to say. And the question that we need to think about is, what does God want me to do? How can we know when to take matters into our own own hands and when to leave them in God's hands? And you know, that's tough. That is really, really tough. God spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament in a very personal way. They knew it was the voice of God they heard. They had visions from God. They knew what God wanted them to do. God told them exactly what to do or what not to do. Today, He doesn't quite do that. Sure, we have His Word to rely on, but He doesn't provide us with any new revelation. And we need to read God's Word, as I always say, and place it into action in our lives each and every day. We need to be in communion with God through prayer. Ask Him to lead us and guide us to the life that He wants us to live. And we need to look at the examples that He has provided for us. The life of David. The life of other Old Testament and New Testament saints. But of course, ultimately, the example of Jesus' earthly life. And live as much like Him as we possibly can. God gave us our conscience for a reason. Our conscience is really the Holy Spirit living within us, warning us of danger in particular. And we always need to listen to it. When it says no, pay attention. Don't turn it off. Don't ignore it. Block out what the world is telling you. Listen to your heart. Listen to your conscience. Listen to God. That's what David did. And when David did that, 
he was successful. When he didn't do that, as we'll see in the coming weeks, things didn't go so well. And I'll bet the same could be considered for your life too. When you were following God closely and listening to him closely, things were probably pretty good. I'm not saying you weren't without trials and temptations, but things were pretty good. And if there was ever a point in your life that you kind of steered away from God, things probably took a turn for the worse. So I would tell you to listen to your conscience this week. Listen to God and obey what He has to say to you today. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank You for our time in Your Word again this morning. We thank You for the wonderful lessons of the life of David. We thank You for shaping our conscience with Your Holy Spirit. Help us to truly listen to what You tell us. And help us to trust and obey you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen.